0: Hello, uh, I'm Patricia Moser, the principal and founder of I3 Advantage. Insight, Innovation and Impact or the three I's. It's a high value consultancy that supports organizations to achieve their aspirations in procurement and supply chain, with a focus on operational excellence, resilience, risk, and the three tiers of sustainability, social, economic, and environmental. I'm somewhat of an industry agnostic. I've held executive roles in organizations uh, across the globe in supply chain and procurement, uh, from everything from healthcare to telecom to uh, you know, distribution and uh, and information technology and others and my most recent corporate iteration was as a chief procurement officer for one of the larger un agencies so i've been doing this um you know a couple of decades so i keep on saying i started obviously when i was 12. so um just to just to make sure that people think what my age is but um but yeah it's interesting i've i've seen the Evolution of supply chain never has gone as quickly as I would like it to see. Sometimes I still, you know, have, you know, my flat forehead from banging my head against the wall saying, don't you understand? So anyways, so that's uh, me.
1: <laughs> Patricia, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, you you talk about, uh, you know, banging your head uh, uh, against the wall, trying to uh, have people uh, understand more of of what it is that you do. Uh, Recently, the term supply chain, uh, I I believe, has become, you know, people are more aware of that, it's become part of people's vocabulary. Um, Over the past couple of years, as we have seen, um, you know, as a result of whether it's severe weather brought about by climate change, uh, COVID, I was talking to a, a coworker the other day who can't get a brand new car because car manufacturers can't access these these chips. So so a lot of people are, are are sort of getting it and understanding it at least a little bit. I want to ask you this question first off, Patricia. How have these external events, if we want to call them, how have they changed the conversation around the importance of supply chain planning?
0: So one of the things about supply chain is no one notices it when it works well. Everybody notices when it doesn't. Uh, It is, uh, everyone is obviously talking about supply chain now because it's in the common parlance of a lot of politicians and and even regular folk. Uh, And so they're saying, oh, well, what about the supply chain? What about the procurement? Why didn't we get the PPE? Da-da-da-da-da. So, but the problem is, is that it's still being looked at from a tactical perspective. So whether it's supply chain or it's uh, sister procurement, the it's, 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 how do I get stuff and how then do I get it from here to there? And supply chain is a highly strategic uh, function that can, you know, help or hinder businesses. So when you talk about You know, things like uh, climate change or or COVID or that sort of, uh, or those things that have recently wreaked havoc, uh, particularly COVID on the global supply chain. Uh, You know, the question becomes is, you know, could there have been more planning? Could people have known... I think that one of the things that definitively needs to be looked at is how have you know, organizations looked at end to end. So from my perspective, supply chain is through the entire process. If you're looking at at goods, it starts with the manufacturing. And you need to know not only what you're manufacturing, but all the elements that come through. So if you're looking at your tier one suppliers, the ones you have a contract with, do you actually know who they're dealing with throughout the the chain? So you can identify potentially the weakest link and then potentially uh, react accordingly. When you talk about um, you know and I'll talk about the area of climate change right now is you know you when you're when you're planning you know your your supply chain, do you actually are you actually looking at how things are getting to places? what are the GHG emissions or are you just leaving that up to your potential uh, supplier? and let them figure it out, you know, there's, there's, um, I always uh, refer to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Ford Prefect, who came up with the invisibility theory, that things are invisible when it's somebody else's problem. So if you're not looking beyond where you are now saying, well, I'm good, they're telling me things and so on, where are you doing your assessments? And I'll give you Sort of an example that, uh, you know, is one of my favorite topics, which is wine. If you're on the East Coast and you think you're doing the right thing by, you know, buying California wine, and you walk by the Italian wine aisle because you figure that there'll be more uh, climate impact by getting something from overseas. But if you actually do the analysis, the wine from California, because it's being versus ship, the GHG emissions are greater on the California wine uh, versus the the wine from Italy. So you know we make assumptions in a lot of different things, but you have to get the data and you have to do the analysis. So it's important to look at everything from a 360 view mm-hmm. if you want to plan in supply chain accordingly and well.
1: That's very very insightful. I will tell my uh, my wine friends. uh uh, about about that that's really interesting um patricia you've spoken written recently uh in the recent past about change management Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if you could spend a moment explaining the importance of what you call finding your white eyed gull when it comes (laughs) to business and change i found that really interesting
0: yeah um just to give your audience context yeah Uh, You know, my son, who is 28, and I go on an adventure holiday every year. Well, not the last two years, but generally every year. And our last one was to Lebanon and Jordan. My son is an ornithologist. So we were, we Obviously, everywhere we go, we have to start looking at birds and things like that. And then we're driving through Jordan, and he says, Well, you know, down in Aqaba, there is the white eyed gull, and it's a rare gull, and you know, and I'd like to see it. And so, and I'm going, Oh my, okay, Um, you're sure. But he did. And I went, Okay, let's go. And there's only one place there that you can see it. And we saw it. And it's, you know, kind of a it's it's a cool bird, you know, for for particularly someone uh, of my son's profession. But I kind of I kind of looked at it and and sort of went, okay, well, I'm glad we went here because now I can tell everybody that I've seen the white eyed gull. And if you put it against business is there's often times where we are a little bit exasperated and say, oh, I don't want to go there. It's a lot easier for me to to move in this forward direction. And so, you know, the the question becomes is, are you keeping yourself from seeing your wide-eyed gull? because of inherent resistance to doing something a little bit more than what you'd like to do. There was a, when I, I get a lot of my inspiration from traveling, and in Valencia, there was a street art uh, on the side of a building where there was this wild horse and it's, it's bucking and it's trying to release itself from the tethers of the snails. So if you look again at change from that perspective, you, know, you want to go and make a change, but you have a lot of these snails and these naysayers holding you back. The reality is the horse was a lot stronger than the snail but it allowed itself through you know sort of bureaucracy or something to be kept from from a, you know sort of making that change. So basically I think it's key for for leaders first of all you know if you if you want to change something that's great and I, and I I believe in change I believe in you know proper change like change for positive impact. But you have to also understand that not everybody's there with you to begin with, and they have lots of insight uh, that can save you from making mistakes. So you need to listen and you need to understand and ensure that you bring other people on. You have to socialize it, you have to communicate, communicate, communicate. And basically, you know, you some of your resistors at the beginning can become your greatest allies in implementing the change if you give them a chance to have an impact on it.
1: That is very insightful, yes. Patricia, you you uh, introduced yourself uh, in your, in, well, in your introduction, uh, you talked about uh, doing some work with, uh, you know, one of the larger agencies uh, at the UN. Uh, when looking at these Seventeen sustainable development goals that uh, the u n has how were you able to effectively make a positive impact on these goals in your role um, and how would you recommend to others or what would you recommend to others who want to have an equally positive impact uh, whether it be locally or even globally
0: okay so one of things that I found coming back to North America, because I was overseas for over five years, that in North America, a lot of people aren't even aware of the sustainable development goals. Uh, A lot of people in supply chain procurement, I've given presentations, and I say, do people know what the sustainable development goals are? And a lot of them say no. So first of all, I think it's important for people to educate themselves on it. When I look at you know, the sustainable development goals and a lot of times for supply chain, they go to responsible consumption and production, uh, decent work and economic growth and so on, but it's a lot more than that. The, when you're looking from a global context, uh, the opportunity to, um, you know, impact no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being quality education, gender equi- equality, and so on is massive. So all of the, I can make an argument for all the 17 goals that supply chain can impact. And I'll give you an example. One of things that um, you know, I, I noted when I, I'm a big fan of supplier diversity. So I um, have incorporated supplier diversity again for the last couple of decades, a long time before it became in common parlance. But when I went to the UN, I went, great, I can do this on a global scale and support the development of suppliers in country. So we created the possibilities program. Um, Possibilities means it's not about the here and now, it's about what can be. And actually uh, created a program where we went in country created a, a two-day workshop for businesses to actually advance themselves just generally and get exposure to the UN. The, the impact of that, uh, and we went to countries like Myanmar, you know Jordan actually, uh, Brazil, um, Argentina, Ethiopia and a few others and the impact of that was that all of a sudden we were exposing our you know potential business to all these local suppliers and for the UN a lot of the, our focus was primarily on women-owned businesses in country women-owned and youth-owned so when you start supporting women-owned businesses and particularly in the developing world you the women take the money and they support their children. They bring it back to the household. So you end up getting a decent wage to end poverty. The women, you then end up not having child labor, which is always uh, a concern in some of these places. And then you get quality education and so on. So simple things, simple things can make a huge impact. Um, Focusing on, you know, sort of the three tiers, as I said, of sustainability, which is social, economic and environmental. And we implemented a protocol that on every RFP, RFX in some way had to have, it was mandatory to have three sustainable items in those solicitations and so when I hear people say, well, you know, it's too difficult, we can't do it, and that sort of thing, I said, if we can do it in South Sudan, then you can do it in North America. Uh, the, so, so there's a lot of, you know, impact that people can have, and particularly right now as well as part of the Sustainable Development Goals, go back to supply chain risk. Supply chain risk, also, you need to create a protocol that ensures that throughout your supply chain, you don't have human rights abuses, slavery. Um, You know, a lot of shipping has slavery, right? So, and, um, you know, child labor, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, COVID is going to bring that to the fore because there's gonna be a lot of vulnerable people out there who are looking for any opportunity to get some level of work. So the governments and corporations need to be very careful and do something to ensure that this is not in their supply chain.
1: Patricia, this has been a very insightful conversation for myself. Thank you so much for it. Uh, Before I let you go, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, where, where can they go?
0: Uh, well, first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn, and then you can have all the links to where uh, they can, where you can go. Um, my website is i3advantage.com, and as well, Twitter is Patricia J. Moser. So I, I'm, I'm around.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Again, thank you so much, Patricia.
0: Hey, thank you. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.